The Jazz Singer landed in 1927 and opened up a new world of movies with sound. In an epic change to the film industry, it killed the silent era and made musicals possible. The tale of a second-generation Jewish immigrant breaking into show business, it was a somewhat autobiographical story of Al Jolson's own career. This movie paints a sympathetic picture of a Jewish character in a time when that could have been controversial. However, any points that it gets for being progressive are sadly squandered when Jolson paints himself up in blackface, a fact that is hard to get around for a 21st century audience. But we've never shied away from controversy, so we made some bee's knees cocktails and sat down to examine this flawed relic of a bygone day. It's time for episode 47 of Toasting the Classics, The Jazz Singer. Welcome to Toasting the Classics, the podcast where we take something that people call a classic and we chew it up, let it aerate in our mouths and see what it tastes like, see what it goes, see what it smells like, and then we decide whether it's still it's classic. terrible. Do we spit it out like a mother bird or something Yeah, you like get that? like a little glass to Ugh. spit out the unused, oh, you know, like, okay, like, like, like at a, a winery. You know? Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah. Anyway, my name's Clint. Dave MacArthur. This episode, we are doing the supposed classic. Yes. I don't know if there's anything really good about it. What supposed, we can talk about. Supposed classic. Yeah, The Jazz Singer. The Jazz Singer, 1927. Uh, did it win Best Picture? I forgot to look up whether it, it was Wings or Jazz Singer. It was. It did. Yeah, won Best Picture. First real sound talkie. film. Yeah, first talkie. Yeah, well, what do you have to say? Well, you know, I was— This was uh, your choice. Yeah, this was my I choice. I want that going I, on the I record. Had, uh, if you think Do the Right Thing— Got into some controversial territory. <laughs> this one, right, uh, there's right. a lot to talk about here. Well, this so. one, this one is—it's even more complicated than, than you might think. Yeah, I was—I uh, think I'd mentioned before. I was reading Bill Bryson's book uh, called One Summer, and in it, Bryson, who's I think a, just a super gifted uh, storyteller, one of my favorite writers, talks about the summer of 1927, everything that happened in, in 1927. Uh, for example, uh, Lindbergh. You know, right. flies uh, nonstop. Is that how we ended up with Steamboat Willie and this? Is this all coming from? I guess so. Yeah, book? something okay. like no. Steamboat Willie wasn't in there, but oh, he did okay. mention uh, Mickey Mouse, where he kind of riffs on Lindbergh, Lucky Lindy, or something like that. Uh-huh. In any case, uh, that happened. Apparently, the Yankees did something that year in 1927. Uh-huh. Yeah, they did. Babe Ruth did something. I guess I don't know. I'm not really a football fan, but one of the things that happened in 1927 was uh, the release of the Jazz Singer. So it was the first talkie. What surprised me was it. Are you telling us what surprised you right now? No, no, no. That's no. not the no, way that's, we do that's this. not my biggest surprise. Okay. You can it's biggest surprise after biggest all. So surprise. This as long is, as there's a bigger one in the this office. This is not a then I was I was surprised at the fact that it wasn't really a talkie. There were about I know. three moments of talking. That's right that up there for it. my biggest surprise. I don't know if that's yeah. my biggest surprise. Uh, Everybody my, calls it a talkie, 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 but it's a, essentially it's a silent film. To be honest, with a few this, parts. To me, this is like a footnote footnote in the American history books. Like yeah. the first the first movie that was a talkie was right. The Jazz Singer. That's right. all I knew. I didn't yeah. know anything else. Same here. I knew yeah, the name here. Al Jolson. Right. As we said on the last program, I didn't realize it wasn't an, like a black guy starring in the movie. Right. I guess I kind of didn't think that through. That <laughs> wouldn't have been the case in yeah. 1927. Right. You know. Although uh, the, the one lady did win an Academy Award for Gone with the Wind uh, yeah, for she supporting did. actress. Yeah. So, I mean, there were, although she's playing exactly right. where white wa- people wanted to see a black woman right. in those exactly. days. But, uh, but so, uh, yeah, so there was, uh, yeah, there were like, Three talking parts. Uh, he gets up in front of the audience for his kind of debut. And right. he says, uh, it's a famous line because apparently Jolson said it like he was famous for saying this once. Like, And he's like, wait oh, a minute, okay. folks, you ain't seen nothing yet. Right? Oh, okay. So he kind of came up with that line. He says he'd it heard nothing yet. He ain't heard nothing the yet. The song yeah, that so kept going through my head is you ain't seen nothing yeah, yet. And I was like, is that? 
like a play from on this line from the jet. I guess it but probably it, it, is. it have to be. So he, he yeah. says that, and then there's this that that moment uh, where he's talking to his mom, which kind of surprised me. He's like, uh-huh. "Oh, mom, we're going to go up Fifth Avenue." And yeah, all yeah, that's stuff. that's and really just about the only real conversation yeah, that goes right? on, right? The rest of it is all right. done. And the weird thing is, is my memory's playing a trick on me where it's okay. like it's, it's as if I heard them talking when I read the placards in between during the silent movie portions yeah, yeah. of the film, which right. I didn't really mind that. I was watching that. I was like, I yeah, can, it was kind of weird. I can watch a silent movie. Yeah. It's kind of hilarious. What, no, not just hilarious like in a make fun of it way. It's kind of awesome how they act. Yeah. The acting is a whole different thing. Yeah, it's a like different the, different form of acting. They're like yeah. hamming it up. It's almost like the difference between how you act for the theater right. and the way you act for a film. True. And it's just like you never turn your head away from the camera mm-hmm. in a silent movie, you know, because that's all you yeah. are is just your, oh, you know, well, they, you're doing And they also had to be very phonetic with their, with their mouths. I yeah, mean, they that's to, true. That's oh, true. And, you know, you can kind of figure out what they're saying yeah, yeah. for the most part. Not that I can read lips. What was but. interesting was the placards, the placards come in the middle of – they Whatever do. they're saying. They come in at weird times. It's almost... And you, so they, they'll say something, you read the placard, and then they'll finish what the placard says. Yes. And so you can see their their voice, though. But did you have trouble sometimes so, processing? Like, was that the thing that was said before? Right. Or is this the, <laughs> yeah, I it's did. It's kind of like... You ever have that problem with comics? Sometimes when I'm reading comics, sure, yeah, yeah. I'll be like, which yeah. panel? Yeah, which, which panel? Not even so much which panel, but there's yeah. like five different bubbles in one panel. And I'm like, which one is right, supposed to come? Right, Who's right. talking first? And but I, I don't think, I'm assuming that people at that time would have had that issue. They Maybe they were they, better at it. They would have gotten They might have been more well, they sophisticated it, right? they silent movie watchers. They used to silent movies, right. yeah. So, and that's but, probably the case with comics. Probably right. if you're the kind of person that grows up reading comics constantly, which I kind of dabbled in it, you probably wouldn't have trouble parsing which one's supposed to come first. Right. Maybe there's some format to it. Like this one's indented this way, so read it before this. Or I always thought it was it was the uh, there's this hierarchy created by uh, whichever one's on top. You know, it, it's kind of like yeah, but sometimes they'll do it so that, and this is what maybe maybe you're right because I've seen it so that there's like a like a speech bubble. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking about one panel, mm-hmm. speech bubble on the left, speech bubble on the right, then continued speech bubble on the left. And I'm like, am I supposed to pause, then go to that one, then come back I here? I think so. I think and sometimes so, it, it doesn't seem to make sense that I think way. We, you know, we write, we read top down, left, right. So I think we're supposed to do, but left, right, first, top down. Uh-huh. So I think you go left, right, and then top down. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I've just so. found that not making sense a couple of times. <laughs> I know, right yeah, so the silent movie thing was kind of surprising. I, I didn't expect it to be like that. I thought it was going to be all out. And it ended up having more, like, sound footage than Steamboat Willie. Yeah. But, like, comparable. Probably only, like, 25 well, minutes of the movie. Steamboat were, Willie came out in 29. Oh, same year, 27. Oh, 27, I think. okay. Yeah, if I remember right. right from doing the show, it might have been 28, but I think it was 27. That was a little bit later. I think it, I think I thought he, he saw this come out. He saw the talkies come out, and then he rushed to go do yeah, it. I think that might be the case. Um, yeah. but, but Steamboat Willie didn't have any dialogue. I mean, there's a... Ah, there is, yeah. Right, there's you know, a couple little couple things, little things right? but yeah. you can't really understand what he says. Right. So this is a different technology, though, than Steamboat. Ah, I was is, wondering that. I was wondering So that. this is called Vitaphone. The way it works is you essentially have a, a record, but it's 16 inches wide uh-huh. is this record. And there's a pulley system. So the, the record is driven by the motor on the projector. So they're... Synced, so they're synced. Okay. Right? The audio is coming out through speakers in the theater. It could be a little off. In my, the one I watched, it was off. It was off by like split second or something. Okay. Which is annoying, but still, I guess it would have been novel, you know, at the time. Uh-huh. Um, and so even, you know, songs would come out. And 
when it wasn't dialogue, it was just music, like a silent film the would have. The first part, music. I don't know about, I mean, it would probably depend on the recording, but the first part that I saw was really poorly synced. Yes. The first sound sequence uh, right. when he just gets up in the club and sings. Right. Or was it in the synagogue? Did he get sound at all? Uh, Did we get sound at all when he was doing his ragtime bit at the beginning? Yeah. Okay, so that's yeah. the part that was poorly synced. That, that was, was it. Yeah, that was yeah. terrible. Yeah, that was really bad. Um, but then when he does the thing in the club later, he sings one terrible song. Yeah. Like, just terrible. Like, uh, and, then, and then did one that kind of popped a little, like, kind of snapped a little yeah, bit. Yeah. That was pretty good. I was like, oh, yeah, this is like the whistling bit and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. this, this is catchy. I could see right, why somebody right. would. Mm -hmm. This probably would blow your mind in 1927. Exactly. Because it's pretty, it's pretty catchy now, you know. Well, when, you know, I, it just I came down to. I think all the rest of the music in the movie was pretty much bad. <laughs> like, just yeah, boring. Yeah. Like, wasn't even jazzy. Not even too, too, tootsie? No, that's the one that was okay. Oh, that, that was the one that, 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 was was the one okay. that follows right. up Dirty Hands, Dirty yeah. Face. Dirty Hands, Dirty Face. That one sucks. was terrible. <laughs> like the worst form of lounge singing. Like, yeah. Really, really hard. Dirty hands. Dirty hands. Dirty, dirty face. face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the way the accents on that is like, well, he rolls his R's. Yeah. Dirty hands. You know, and then, and then the face. You know, yes. just that whole. It's awful. Opera, yeah, he's a opera. ham through the whole oh, thing. God, when, he is, yeah. when he's talking to his mother at the piano and he's yeah. making those weird faces, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, can you stop that? This is making me uncomfortable. He, he needed to stop kissing his mom in the yes, lips. And, yes. And holding I her. I figured that must have been a cultural. Holding time her, set, you know, time. five inches away from his face. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's I like knock it off. That. Yes, definitely. Could have done without that. Um, but yeah, that one song sucked. Like, well, well, it, it's Tootsie something, right? That one's pretty good. To that, that one's catchy. Out, and then the one that like closes the film. I was expecting some awesome number to close the movie, and and it was like I was looking at the time left. I was like, wait, he's like, he doesn't even have how much time left. Singing this, Mammy. That that's the one. It's right? Terrible, <laughs> a terrible song. Like what? But that that was a big deal though. Apparently that was, and that I don't want to. I, I don't want to like take the cap off of talking about the blackface thing before right. we want to get into it but i'm just saying if you're going to do it it better be it better be some reason why you're doing it it better be a damn it good song better be good right and it yeah. was not it could have been cut from the film yeah as far as i was concerned I don't know. completely it, it was it meant something back then i mean that's kind we'll of talk what about I, what it I it does mean some things i think yeah. it does actually mean some things which is um let's let's not get into it sure, too much sure. just yet so we should be drinking something. Oh, yeah, we should. And while you're getting the drink ready, I'm going to play a nine-minute overture of dull music, uh, which is apparently what people did until, like, 1940. Like, every movie opened up with just, like, symphonic music going on and on and on. I thought you were going to be a cantor and uh, yeah. cantor some stuff for us. Let's give a, give a little message while we're, uh, while we're waiting for the drink. I just want to say Slava Ukraina. So everybody out there, glory be to Ukraine. Definitely want to give a word out to everybody who's fighting against the Russians tonight. Uh, sun about to come up. I have a, a series of books that's like um, all about like uh, survivalist and like paramilitary tactics. I'm going to start taking pictures of it and putting it on Twitter to putting give people advice fun. about taking out tanks and stuff. Well, you have a you have a little bit of personal reasons. I mean, you're, yes, you're, yes, you're, our family. We have lots of family in Ukraine. My wife is Ukrainian. Yeah, so it's kind of weird making a podcast about anything else when other things are going on. But I think uh, that's just a little diatribe there for a second. We don't need to get into it too much, I guess. But what are you making? Three. I am making a bee's knees. Now, did you mean to turn that shot over? Yeah, it's okay. three quarters of an ounce. Oh, I see. I three, see. So three, a little more. Yeah, we need that overture going. Maybe I could uh, sub in like just, a little music go, in the I'll background. Just go make all of them. We, uh, you know, it was very hard for Clint and I when. Um, the industry made the transition from silent podcasts um, because we just, our voices were no good. Well, and my signing over radio uh -huh. is terrible. Yes. I, I can't. 
I just couldn't bring myself to sign very well. Right. All right. So uh, bees, bees knees. Uh, bees knees. So what's this mead? No, that's gin. Oh, gin. Oh, interesting. So it's uh, for a single drink, you have uh, two ounces of gin, half an ounce of honey water, like okay. honey syrup, basically, and then a three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice. Just because bees knees is something you say about a flapper with nice gams, right? Much. That's a that's a twenties type bees of expression. Knees. So she's the bee's knees. So I am making, I'm actually making us each two drinks here. So this is the honey. That's a lot of honey, but that's honey syrup. Not honey honey. syrup, yeah. Diluted with something. So this is a, there's a, something called a gin sour, which is gin, water, and, and honey. And do you remember from previous episodes, what is a cocktail? Like what's the, what defines a cocktail? Cocktail's got to have a base, like a, like a liquor. A spirit. Then Uh it's got, yeah, it's got a spirit. Then it's got a, um, a, a bitter and a sweet, basically. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And so three, this, three elements. So, so, the, so, so this would be the the, ba- the base is the gin, the spirit is the gin. Correct. The sweet is the honey, and it looks like you're adding in lemon juice that's as right. the That's the sour. sour. Yep. So this is a proper cocktail. Correct. The word gets used, gets bandied about yeah, um, quite a bit. loosely these days. We've got we'll have a little vodka after. I was thinking about that. I was going to have vodka, and then I was like, wait a minute. That's supporting both sides of the war if I have vodka. Well, it, it depends you know what? On the, I'm not against the Russians culturally, so I don't have anything against where the them vodka as people. From. People have been doing that, though. They've been, like, pouring vodka down the drain and everything else. I'm yeah, like, that's um, dumb. That's stupid. just stupid. That's stupid. There are, there are millions of Russian ethnicity people in other countries that have nothing to do with this, and most of the people <laughs> right. in the country of Russia have very little to do with well, this. And so. it, and it reminded me of – do you remember that stupid freedom fries, yes. not French fries? Yes, that, or, that's or it, liberty cabbage instead of sauerkraut. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's not new. It just, it's been going it just on for a long time. reminds me of that. It's just so ridiculous. Shake this up and right. uh, shake it up. get down to business. Shake it up. This is going to sound great, I'm sure. So those overtures, what was going on? Is that people finding their seats? Is that why that's happening? I think so. What what took people so long? Why did they take (laughs) so long to find their seats? Were they assigned seats? Well, and how come it was so slow and terrible? That's what I mean. I I just don't understand that. I mean, I watched King Kong. They were still doing that. I think Gone with the Wind has a long overture. It's like they were doing it well into the 1930s. Gone with the Wind had had a... uh, a, um, I think Lawrence of Arabia had an overture. I think it's still going on in I the think 60s. Both of those, well, I, I know that uh, Gone with the Wind had a, um, what do you call it? Intermission. Intermission. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, yeah. Guys, King Kong does not have that. Here we are. All right. Cheers. Cheers. These are bees, bees knees. knees. Um, looking at it, it looks like a, um, what would I just go? That's a good smell. Mm. Oh, that's a good drink. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's um, fruitier than I expected. The lemon juice is pretty much neutralized by whatever proportions you use. I'm not getting a lot of sour, or at least not. It's not it's like a little bit. It's a little bit. A little bit. A little tangy. So it's a little uh, bit like a whiskey sour. Yeah. A little bit tastes like that. I yeah. would say. But this yeah, is that's pretty, actually that's actually really really a pretty good one. drink. Pretty good drink. Um, you know, a gin sour. As I said, that's what. So this was a, a riff of a gin sour. It was made in the 20s, made by a bartender at the Hotel Ritz in Paris. People liked it because um, Where are the bubbles coming from. Uh, probably just shaking. Just it the up. shaking. Just yeah. everything going together. I guess. And uh, people liked it because it could really mask the flavor of terrible gin during, I bet uh, it could. I during bet the it could. 20s. You, you know what I saw? I was at a Dry Points Distillery here mm-hmm. in town, and they have uh, aged gin, mm-hmm. and it's dark. So it must be barrel-aged gin. Yeah. So yeah I thought lot, that was a strange choice. Like, well, a lot be, of people do that. I mean, do they? Okay. Gin okay. is just, I mean, it basically is vodka with infused juniper berry. Plus some other botanicals in it. So vodka, as in like the neutral spirit, Just a neutral basically spirit. the vodka. Yeah, yeah with, but right. then they flavor it with that kind of stuff. Right. And, and so if you if you take vodka and you age it. You uh-huh. Basically, have whiskey at that point, right? Yeah, sure. You know, if you just put vodka spirit, in a yeah. barrel, and but so, it, I not wouldn't be 
Bourbon's made from a different. Well, no, because vodka can be made from different things. Yeah, you right? can make it, it from from wheat, corn, can, grain, yeah, wheat, anything. whatever. So um, uh, just potatoes. On, yeah, potatoes. Yeah. It just depends on what uh, you know, what grain you or what you choose to make it with. So right. Well, we um, did an episode on vodka way back in the beginning. We Kulag did. Archipelago. Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, we opened opened <laughs> with the Cold War, and uh, apparently the Cold War has returned before right. the podcast has gone very far. I don't so. think that's why I don't remember it though. Oh, it might have been because we drank too much. We were, we were getting used to the podcast format, format and we didn't realize how to pace ourselves. <laughs> also, <laughs> right. I think it's like a two-hour episode. Streak as much as we can as quickly as possible. Right, and then okay. record for two hours, which... Uh, Let's yeah. get back to Tootsie. Tootsie, yeah. So they made this for $400,000, which is a lot of money. Which is a lot of money. It's a big investment. Yeah, yeah the Warner, Warner Brothers, right? Yeah, Warner Brothers. the ones that paid for it. Yeah. Made $2.5 Pretty good return. Um, this made the Warner Brothers. They were nothing. Matter of fact, um, they worked, I think, for Paramount at the time. Oh, okay. They were really pushing – one of the brothers was like, you know, one of the main guys at Paramount. I was really pushing for talkies because Paramount owned the Vitaphone technology. Oh. And uh, they they just wouldn't do it, wouldn't do it. Yeah, I remember they said they wouldn't do it. The other studio said they wouldn't do it. Yeah, the other studio said they wouldn't do it. And so finally he said, you know, give it to me or I'll buy it from you and I'll do it myself. And they said, sure, have fun. And, And here you go. And so this actually made it, turned them into a, like a real uh, studio after that. So um, starred Al Jones, uh, Al Jolson, as we said, right? And May McAvoy. May McAvoy, she played Dale. Yeah, she played the Miss Dale, I guess. She played the Shiksa. Uh, right. Yes. Right. Nothing wrong with the Shiksa. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it with a nice blonde that marries a Jewish person. She uh, was pretty hot. My she's goodness. cute. I thought yeah. she was cute. Yeah, I thought her her prettiness held hold yeah. up. Held up like. Those ladies from the 20s, they always have these giant eyes, yeah. which I think is because of the films. You and know, little purse sort of, lips type of thing. Yeah. yeah, I thought she was really pretty. She reminded me of somebody, and I kept thinking about thinking about it. It was by the third or fourth appearance she made. I suddenly realized, and this is not somebody I ever thought was cute, so mm-hmm. it's like a different era. She looks just like Cynthia Nixon uh, from Sex and the City, the, hmm. the red-haired one, hmm. the one that's the lawyer. Who yeah. I never thought was pretty, but no. the face is very similar. I like didn't it was get that very, at all. It was, I'll have to go look it was, at that. It was weird. Like I, it took me a second. I was like, oh, it just looks like her. It looks so like her grandmother bur- or something. something for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that, that, definitely, that. that definitely cut down on my uh, my attraction to her. So what, what did you say. think about That's the story? my least favorite of the... So the story, I mean, it's kind of a classic story. You've got a kid. It is a classic story. Uh, Jewish is. family. He's His father's a cantor, which is, he sings the chants and so forth. Did you ever see Boardwalk Empire? Yes. So there's a really famous 20s singer who's a, a real person who's on the show, Eddie Cantor. Oh, okay. And I was like, Eddie Cantor? Was that mm. was that based on, was he like a Cantor? A cantor? Like, was he know. like yeah. a Jewish guy? Probably. Maybe. So many of these people in showbiz. I know. Were Jew- I mean, that didn't stop. There's Bob Dylan and oh, yeah, tons absolutely. of people. Woody yeah. Allen, people that changed right. their name, you know, mm-hmm. but they're definitely Jewish. Well, he um, did too. He went to uh, uh, yeah. Jackie yeah, Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, from, that's been going on forever, right? From Jack Rabinowitz, right? Rabinowitz? Yeah. Was it I? Was it Yaki Rabinowitz or Jackie Rabinowitz? I couldn't tell because they don't talk. Yeah, they don't talk. Yeah, they don't talk. <laughs> so I got to know how to pronounce point. his name. But uh, I like Moisha the Kibitzer. The Kibitzer. Yes, <laughs> Moisha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yukelman, Yukelman the Kibitzer. I like him a lot. That's that's great. I, yeah. I kind of want to use that as like a Twitter tag or something. That's, like, that was kind of funny. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, there's the there's the opening card when they introduce the dad and he's like. Cantor Rabinowitz stubbornly holds to the tradition of his race. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. His race, yeah, yeah. We need to unpack that in a lot of ways. I don't know. But then other than that, movie was very sympathetic to Jewish people. It was. It was a very Jewish movie. It was written well, it was written by a Jewish playwright. I was know? thinking like one of the you know, like one of the first sound sequences in the film 
is in the synagogue. Yeah. With him doing the the um, doing the chant. Yeah. Yeah. That one. yeah, the one that opens up Yom Kippur services, it Kol Nidre, and like they actually have that in the film. And I was thinking this would be one of the first things any American moviegoer ever heard yeah. was a Jewish synagogue service. No, it was huge about you, you know, know the Jewish life. I mean, just you absolutely. Know, Other than that one sort of pig, like dumb thing that said at the beginning, it's very sympathetic. I thought it just shows these characters as regular people. And, right. And I think you're supposed to sort of identify with the conflict of tradition and modernity and I think so. the old country in America. Yep. And those things are pretty, right, absolutely. some of the well, same stuff it, we're talking about be, in all the family, generational could, conflict, yeah, exactly. immigrants. Generational and immigrants. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I was very sympathetic to the movie, like yeah. in the first half where I was mm-hmm. like, all right, this is like old themes. Mm-hmm. I'm digging the silent movie acting. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. You know, like, you know, the, the, the sound wasn't great. The first song wasn't great, but it was okay. And mm-hmm. I was like, I was like the tradition of this movie, the history of this. Tradition. So I was. Halfway through the movie, you know, thinking I was probably going to end up toasting this movie. Sure. Now, I did have a clue uh-huh. because the cover of the movie, I actually got it on Amazon. You sent me that. that uh, I rented it on Amazon just because mm. I thought it'd be easier. Yeah. I didn't want to actually download anything. Um, but the cover of the film is Al Jolson in blackface. Right. And I was just like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah. what? Is, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why? Right. Why is it on the cover? You know, like hide that. I guess because you better know. You, you don't want to get to the last ten minutes of the movie and then be like, "What the? What? What's going on here?" Right. Like, there's a whole sequence right. where he's just in his dressing room, putting in on blackface. He's putting on the makeup, and there's no reason for it. There's well, no reason. He's for going the, out for except dress- that Al Jolson in real life was a blackface yeah, performer. Did that, um, but and I guess people would have been like, "Wait, well, I don't understand. Why isn't he in blackface?" <laughs> <laughs> right. I missed. I missed the blackface. You know. Yeah. I was thinking like it's so sympathetic towards Jews. That, you know, all these, like, racists in the movie theater must have just been seething. And you want to just be like, no, don't worry, man. Wait, wait till the end of the <laughs> yeah, movie. You're, right. They're, they're going to take care of you, of the racists in the audience yeah. uh, eventually. But um, very Jewish movie, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there were I, I really thought there were some great shots of the crowds in the beginning. They showed, like, New York street life, like yeah. city life. Yeah. It seemed to be like, in, you know how normally things from that era, they seem kind of sped up? Mm-hmm. It was just regular speed people. Yeah, it wasn't the, that bad, actually. Yeah, it, it looked was, pretty it good. Was, it was pretty good, like, documentary evidence of what a street would have looked like right. in 1927 in New York. Yeah, I, I, thought, saw, that I, was, yeah, I thought, thought so, too. And it doesn't look that different from today in a lot of ways, weirdly enough. Well, but it, it didn't, you know, they talk about a ghetto, right? Like, any, didn't they talk about the Jewish ghetto? They did. Yeah. And I and, absolutely, still not knowing anything about the film, when they were like, the music of the ghetto. And I was like, oh, so this is where the jazz is going to come into this. Right. And then they were, And then I was like... Oh, that kind that of ghetto. ghetto, like the original ghetto. But what like, is but what is the definition of a ghetto? I don't. Would it have ghetto have is an a, Italian word that referred to the sections I think of Venice where the Jews lived. It was just the word for the area where the Jewish people live, and I think the derivation is from the word for junk hmm, because they dealt in junk dealing. I think a okay. lot in the ghetto. Huh. Um, so it starts with Jewish. It's definitely a Jewish thing. The okay. ghetto is a part of a Christian city where the Jews live, okay. and then in New York. And I don't think until the 50s and 60s it starts transitioning into meaning African American yeah. neighborhoods. It's a really weird. Well, they always talk about like history the, there. The, I don't uh, really the know. The Warsaw it. Ghetto, famously, in World right, War II. Right, the Warsaw Ghetto in World War II. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is the place where the where the Jews lived in the yeah. city of Warsaw. That's what it meant in Europe in a lot yeah. of ways. Interesting. Um, I didn't know that. There's a lot of lot of history there. I I didn't realize it was so Jewish. I told my wife like halfway through the movie, I was like, we we should have watched this movie together because it's like like a fascinating piece of Judaica mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Kol Nidre. When I was talking about that, that apparently was taken in Europe. The, the phrasing of that prayer has something to do with giving testament and like and like the conflict between 
uh, your oaths counting if they're not before God or something. And people took it to mean that Jews couldn't be trusted in courts <laughs> in Europe because of the Kol Nidre. Really? To the point where it was stricken from prayer services in European Jewish communities mm-hmm. but in the 19th century. Wow. Like it was gone. Because like it, it still existed in the United States when mm-hmm. people were immigrating. Mm-hmm. or emigrating, rather, but it was like a controversial section. Interesting. And to have that be the first thing you ever see, yeah. it's kind of, I, I have to say, it's got to be a little bit of like, a lot of the Jewish guys running the studio, some of them must have been kind of like like nudging, be like, yeah. ha, ha, see, you guys are now, you, now you're watching this. Like, Interesting. like put us down and like, c- come watch our movie. You know, right. I thought there might have been a little bit of a wink there. Yeah, so in interesting that this would be the subject matter for the first talkie. It is, it really yeah. is. I mean, obviously, there's so many influential Jewish people in Hollywood, which yeah. is a the hypothesis in and of itself for why that would be. Right. I don't really have outsiders to some extent. Maybe. People that couldn't. Maybe I, so. think, I think it's kind of like people that couldn't get into business in the, like, Anglo world, if you know what I mean. If you were sort of kept out of being, like, in the Fortune 500 companies and stuff like that, you got to yeah. make your own way. So you're going into, like, the new technologies. And film would I, I have been a new. It's I a way to get rich without without anybody I mean, having there, to they, accept you. you like know? there, there were a lot of the creative types, especially the writers. Yeah. Well, I mean, even you know all of the the sounds of uh, Detroit. I mean, those were all written by Jewish musician, you oh, know, music part, yeah. writers. I yeah. mean, you know. Well, but that's what I think. I think it's the because stuff. they weren't allowed to be the country club set. Yeah. They were excluded from those kinds of things. So you always had to be in something that was a little bit on the margins: comedy, mm-hmm. music, yeah. film. You know, uh, well, starting your cr- own business, being an entrepreneur, yeah, you know, creative arts, things okay. like that. Like the, the the traditional paths to success were sort of blocked. I think so. So I, this is that's funny. my that's my half budded hypothesis anyway. So so the dad, Rabbi um, Rabinovitz, uh-huh. Cantor Rabinovitz, yeah, he's played by a guy named Warner Oland. Warner Oland, and it was did a great job. Obviously, big long beard and everything else. Yeah. Yeah, um, he's good. He's a great silent movie actor. Yeah. He was uh, known for playing Asian characters. Oof. He uh, he was especially known for playing, uh, he starred as Charlie Chan. Oh, my God. In the, the Honolulu detective. Yeah, yeah, we the, talked about that. In the, yeah. the 20s and 30s. It all kind of comes around now. So here's this white guy who plays Charlie Chan. That's interesting. I didn't know his background. I saw that both him and the mother were in a whole bunch of things in the silent movie yeah. era. Uh, they had like... I mean, I'd never heard of any of it, but, you know, they were, they were, they were in <laughs> right. movies. Both of them born way into the 1800s, sure. like not long after the Civil War they were born, these people. Yeah. As far as, like, you know, its legacy goes, uh-huh. so this movie essentially ended the era of Broadway and the musicals. Musicals were huge. And touring musicals, yeah. you know, they'd come into a city and people would go and, and that would be your night out. You know, you'd go to a, you'd go to a show. Now, in, in the silent screen, you know, the silent films were one thing, but people still went to Broadway. As a matter of fact, I think Broadway's biggest years were like 25, 1925, 1926. Yeah, that makes sense. A lot right of money. Up, right up until then. And this just ended it. Er, I mean, like put the brakes on essentially big productions in, in, in Broadway. Uh, it also ended the careers of many silent film actors and actresses. Yeah, of course. A lot of them, and I didn't realize this, a lot of them were from Europe. But you didn't have to worry about an accent. You didn't have to worry about yeah Valentino. Yeah, now that you mention it, yeah, that makes sense. You, know, you didn't have to worry about having an accent or what you sounded like, right? But now suddenly, you had to sound American if you played an American, you know. Right. And uh, and so it ended there a lot of their careers. Obviously, it ended you know silent films companies that went bankrupt. You know, studios that went bankrupt because they had put all their money into silent. 
You know? What I didn't understand about this one is I saw a thing where they were talking about how it put a bunch of movie theaters out of business because this would play for 50 cents mm -hmm. and the alternative was a silent film for $3 at the other movie theater. Right. And I was thinking, first of all, why would it be cheaper? And second of all, I was like, it costs $3 to go to a movie then? That's a lot that much less than it is. That's less yeah. than it is now, obviously, but not not in well, scale. I think, I think it would be like $30. I think or it would have, would have to have been, you had to have an organist, right? Uh -huh. Uh, so you, you had to ha hire people yeah, to, I think, to yeah, I was play music. That. Yeah, also much fancier building. Well, also I wonder. So this had there's a whole long history of like the vacuum tube uh, that made amplifiers possible. Okay, right, and it, so it made speakers possible. You couldn't do this until you had the technology for speakers, essentially a PA system, right, in a in a concert hall, right. None of the other places did that because they didn't have to worry about it. They had a live organ on site or a live symphony on site. They didn't have a PA system. Was that really what the silent movie experience was like? There was a guy playing the organ for all that music that we hear? Like, I think so. Where the ladies tied to the tracks and stuff? I think a so, guy playing? Yeah. So what did they do, send the sheet music around? I or? think so. Wow, yeah. that's, it's like sometimes things disappear and I'm like, I'm sorry that that disappeared. That's kind of awesome. There yeah. had to be a guy at every movie right. theater who could play the organ well enough to get the sheet music and then play through the film. Well, I told a, you, I told that's you, that's amazing. Like, one of my, one of well, I told you about when I went to the Castro and mm -hmm. and we saw yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, Alfred yeah. Hitchcock, yeah. this huge yeah. pipe organ. And was there a guy playing? Yeah, along he was with literally yeah, playing, cool. playing the pipe organ. That's cool. That's cool. That's a, yeah. that's a shame that such a thing is gone. I mean, Broadway's not gone. Broadway's huge. You know, Broadway's, but I think it's a lot more limited. I think now we have, I guess, you know, very few places compared to back then. I mean, you would have dozens and dozens and dozens of shows playing at the same time. Uh, and they'd also play very quick. So you'd have something that would play for a month and then it was gone. You'd have something else come in. Yeah. You know, because he wanted, you know, and you would have tours of things. Things would go on tour. Like, did you know that Dracula was actually, uh, was actually a play before it was, um, before it was a movie the, the, with, um, was it Lon Boris Karloff? Uh, Boris, Boris Karloff, yeah. And he was actually the the star in the play. Was the original Dracula silent? No, it wasn't uh, Boris Karloff. Was it? I thought it was uh, Lon Chaney or no? Boris Karloff. Oh, it's not Bar It's not Boris Karloff either. It's um, Bella Car Lugosi. Bella Lugosi. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, Car 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 all those was, sound like foreign names, yeah. don't they? Karloff was Frankenstein. Yes. But, uh, yes. Yeah. When Bella Lugosi. Lon Chaney did, sounds like a local boy. Lon Chaney. He did the Wolfman. Yeah, he's the Wolfman. Okay. All right. But so I think that's later. I think, I that's think it was also Jekyll like and Hyde or something like that. Yeah, I think you're right. But in any case, so it started out as a play before it became a, a movie. Mm -hmm. And he actually – Bela Lugosi. Bela Lugosi, thank <laughs> you. Toured. I mean, he was a star of, of the play, and he yeah. toured around America for like two or three years before the movie came out. Was that a talkie, the original Dracula I think the movie film? was it is, a, right? Because yeah, I picture talkie, the yeah. accent and stuff, but then I don't know. Yeah. So much of this is hard. You know, it's always hard to picture what it was like at that time. Right. Yeah. So we look at we look at this and oh, this is really lame, but I mean, it must have been blowing people's minds. I didn't minds. think the movie was that bad. I was okay. I was entertained yeah. by it. I was watching it. It's but a, as far it's a as, pretty as far universal as the, story. The talking um, parts. I mean, I was I was yeah, talking, I was let down. To be honest, the talking parts are weirder than the silent. <laughs> I was kind of let down. I was like, this is the talking. Yeah. You know, and this is the revolution. But but then again, I mean, just put yourself in there. There's reports yeah, of people a, crying. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, I can imagine. And like cheering and just being like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. So. Yeah, I remember um, going to the first time I ever saw like an IMAX movie. Mm -hmm. They had it at the Smithsonian 
there's the great big IMAX theater, and it started like in the late '70s. And there was this film called To Fly, and it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't yeah. look at the parts where it looked like something was going to crash. I remember I couldn't keep my That's eyes. That's the one that like went through the Grand Canyon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I remember that, that scared me when I was a little. That kid. was pretty like, crazy. I was watching yeah. it, and I was like, oh my god! Like I was like, I don't know <laughs> yeah. if I can handle this, right, you know? Right. Um, so I can imagine being affected by a new technology yeah. that way. That, Has there know. been a, a technology like that that's come out that's like that's in just, our lifetimes? Yeah, that's just because it's it's. This was kind of like a revolu- like a, a, a paradigm shift all at once, right? Yeah. You talk about the internet, but that was a slow burn. I mean, that I mean, was that 20, was 30 burn. years. You know? The only thing I really got struck by with the internet that I didn't know was coming, didn't think think of it existing, was, was I remember- a Smooth Criminal? The, what? <laughs> you, you've been struck by a Smooth Criminal. Sorry. Oh, I yes. just listened all the yes. way over. What I was thinking of was uh, Wi-Fi. I remember somebody, okay. I showed oh, up at law school right. in 2003 yeah. and somebody had a Wi-Fi card and they like got the internet. I was like, how are you getting the internet if it's yeah. not plugged in? And right, I was just like, right. I didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't know that was going to be a thing. Okay. And so Maybe. when I first used it, I was like, this is pretty awesome. Yeah. And then that just kind of turned into smartphone technology. You could get the internet on your phone right, and like right. stuff like that. That to me was, I knew there was going to be internet. When I was a yeah. little kid, I was aware there were going to be computers plugged into mm. information from far away. Right. That, like it was in war games and stuff like that. Sure. But the idea you could just get it mm. while you were walking around on the street, like that struck me. I was like, but okay. Again, but, but again, that's like you as a person. Right. This is we have like this captive crowd like in a theater, you know, and then it, it, it struck them right. all at one time. Yes. And so it was yes. like this huge you know, seismic paradigm shift all at once. Like that, no. I can't think of anything. People try to make it seem like it. Like I, I remember seeing. I've um, heard stories about people sitting down in that first Star Destroyer that goes over your head at the opening of Star Wars, mm-hmm. and people just being like shocked, like what is you know, like yeah. that just blowing people's minds. But then I've seen two thousand one. It's got a lot of the same kind of visual yeah. effects and stuff. That well, would have been phenomenal. Well, commercials, commercials for like um, whatever it was for uh, oh like Facebook's. Uh, movie phone or uh, talking, you know, uh, video phone system. What yes. is it called? Yeah, Skype. Or, yeah, sort or of FaceTime something like that. Or, but yeah. they try to make it seem like it's some big revolution. Right. Like, oh my God, we can see Grandma. Grandma can see us. Yes. Yeah, okay. I remember it? seeing ads for that when I was okay. They had it at Epcot. I remember there was a place where you could sit, and there was a girl in a booth up mm-hmm. here, and you were down here, and you could talk to her on a video phone. Crazy. And it was the first time I ever used it. That was pretty cool. But I was like, I remember watching it, and she had like a backdrop, like she was supposed to be in New York. Uh-huh. And this kid was like, wow, she's in New York. And I was like, no, she's not. She's up there in that booth. <laughs> I was like, I don't mean to ruin it because it's still pretty cool. But, but then again, like they had that in like Star Trek. You know, right, the, the idea. 60s, it's, the idea. No, it's in 2001. I'm telling you, if you watch 2001, they've got iPads. They've got like FaceTime that they're using. Like it's amazing. It's an amazing film. Like in it's probably one we should do. It's Aliens. Point. You know, they talk, they have the video phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aliens. See, that one the was jet, the first. The Jetsons had the, the video Jetsons phones? The Jetsons had it, yeah. The I mean, Jetsons had a couple of nods to what it would really be like. Yeah. Like Jane gets on the video phone and uh, the other lady's, like, mask falls off because you're supposed to wear a mask <laughs> right. first thing in the morning because right. you don't have your makeup on and yeah, stuff. And yeah. I was like, see, that's, we actually have that yeah, issue. that's kind of real, yeah. I don't yeah. want to answer a FaceTime call. <laughs> what was it that? It's actually the reason why FaceTime's not as big as we thought it would be. When I was a kid, if you told me I'd have that capability in my hand, I'd be like, that's what I'm going to be yeah, doing when cool. I call people. Yeah, but absolutely. then when you're like, why do I, I need to see I this like person. That, yeah. You know, we don't even hardly call each other Yeah, anymore. we just text now. We just text. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've actually stripped down. Actually, we send emojis now. So I think we should get into... Let's be honest. I think we should get – you know what? Maybe I'll save the blackface discussion for when I decide whether I'm toasting because it's a very complicated answer. Okay. But I was thinking you could edit this movie to just not have that. 
Well, first of all, you could probably CGI it so he's not wearing blackface. Yeah, you could. And it would make sense at the end. I don't think it's necessary in any of the discussions. Yeah. It doesn't really come up. I think you could just, like, CGI the movie so that there's no blackface in it. Well, you know. Now, what's even more messed up is it's not just blackface. He's got, like, a little thing he puts on his head to have, like, like African-looking hair. And I was just like, man. Like. I think if we tried, Justin Trudeau could remake this movie. Yeah. Very easily. How so? Well, he's done blackface. Oh, it was. Yeah. 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 (laughs) They find people doing that. And I'm like. Who did you hang out yeah, with? Why, why that would you was do that? Ever okay? Like, what was what? The, the old governor of Virginia? I like. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember yeah. his, his yeah. answer? No, I don't well, remember. But I just remember. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a page in his, his like yearbook, and it had a person in blackface and a person wearing a KKK mask. Oh God. And he was identified as one of those, but he couldn't remember which one. <laughs> that was his answer. It's like wow, wow. Okay. Well, there were so many parties <laughs> where I was dressed in racist attire that I can't even remember. Anyway. Yeah, that's messed up. But I guess what I'm saying, you know, it's it's. Well, let's just go ahead and let's let's pull the bandaid off. Yeah, let's pull the ripcord on that. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, blackface was a thing. Yeah, uh, it became a way to essentially make fun of uh, African Americans by trivializing them and putting them into funny kind of denigrating scenarios. I think in this film, uh-huh. the lack of any like hateful context is is like the proof we should we should get to that but yeah. first blackface in general show yeah, in yeah, general yeah. in general that's, would that's have been what it was fun at black yeah people, right, right like yeah. so they would have I mean, like they, amos and andy right so they'd have a couple you know. of white actors put right. blackface on and then make fun of african-americans like you know we're so stupid right. type of thing and right. being clumsy whatever and everybody yeah. laugh and i'm not i'm not defending anything but i think i think there is there's always going to be that quality because it was probably two dumb Irishmen, two dumb Italians, right? right. Two whatever. I, you know. Somehow, when I was a kid, people would still tell Polish jokes. Yeah, nobody me too. knew a Polish person <laughs> to, to separate them from it. But every right. once in a while, somebody would say a Polish joke. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and I had to be like, and, "What's and, a pol? What's and, a?" They were all stupid. Like, uh, how can you tell the bride and groom at the at a Polish wedding how they're the ones wearing the matching bowling shirts? And I'm like, oh. What does that even mean? You're right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they like to bowl, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea. Me. But this was a tradition. So traditional blackface, menstrual show, that kind of stuff. And apparently it was a thing to to do blackface and sing jazz. And I don't know why. So and and I think So the, within the, a context of that there's blackface, uh-huh. I get that. Jazz okay. is an African American form of music. Right. I, I, right. That and, makes sense. And and so white people Couldn't or wouldn't sing it? So if we think about our own history, right, Mm -hmm. when the first white people started doing rap, other than the Beastie Boys, who were always very like, we do our thing our way, Mm -hmm. we're we're white dudes that do rap. A lot of the people who did rap would talk with a certain kind of accent. They would dress a certain kind of way. They'd be emulating some African-American. It's like snow. You know, look and things like that. <laughs> well, snow, yeah, he sounded like a Jamaican. Jamaican guy, yeah. So funny. My friend's mom's Jamaican. He's from like Toronto, isn't he? He's from Toronto. Yeah. Well, but there's a lot of Jamaicans there. Oh, yeah. But my friend's mom, he, who is Jamaican, thought that he was Jamaican. And we got to break the news to <laughs> sounds her. It was, pretty, it was I mean, very, he it sounds very Jamaican. Yeah. It, snow's not bad, actually. That's pretty. But yeah, but like Eminem talked that way. Vanilla Ice talked that way. Stuff yeah. like that. They weren't making fun of black people. So it wasn't like a minstrel show in that sense, but it was definitely that the music was coded black. And so right. they needed to put some, because they were going to get accused of being too white for the music. So they were more otherwise. appropriating it or exploiting it maybe? Yeah. yeah. Well, 
I mean, I don't. Yeah, that's one take on it. I've never been a huge fan of the idea of cultural appropriation. Like, right. I don't think a form of music belongs to a certain person. Yeah. I think it's art. I think everybody should share art. If you want to go do, if you want to go do rap I'm and you, you like the yeah. way it sounds, no, go I'm, for it. I'm but, with you. But, that, but then when you're acting that way, there's a little bit of a blurring right. of how appropriate it is. I don't really think Eminem ever really offended me. I never I really think thought Eminem never really. Tr- Vanilla did Ice that. ended up making himself seem like a dork. But Vanilla then he, Ice it was, did. It's mostly because the music wasn't that great. Eventually, I, I liked the that, first song, and, and, and then and eventually and it was word to your mother. Yeah, you know, it was you know, very cheesy. You know, it, uh, so he ended up making himself look. That's why yeah. the Beastie Boys. You go back and you listen to the Beastie Boys. It's still awesome because they never really tried to do that. They were their own thing. I even thought it kind of sounded more like rock in a lot of ways. It was, but it was definitely rock. Well, covered nothing but Led Zeppelin. All of their tunes are ripped from yeah. Led Zeppelin. Yeah, there's a lot they, of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, frankly, you weren't going to be able to put a black man on the screen and have him sing a jazz song, right? In 1927. Okay. It, even if you wanted to, even if you just really, really wanted to do that, it just wasn't going to happen. Although there were many popular African American singers and acts who would perform for white people, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's not really what blackface was about. It wasn't really about that so much. It was about making fun of people for the most part. And this one. It's the fact that it's not even making fun of anybody, that it's just – it seems purposeless. There doesn't seem to be any reason why he needs to be in blackface. Well, and to me, that just speaks of – it's, it, almo- it's almost more forceful. It's a more forceful way of saying these people in this time did not give a damn what black people thought, did not think about black people as being a, like a person it, that could be offended. Wasn't it, by, wasn't it necessary for the story though? If he's supposed to be singing jazz – in a show, it would be expected that he's in blackface. Had he actually sung some jazz, I would have felt about it. I didn't hear anything that sounded what, like jazz. What, whatever I, it was, you though. Know? I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I just didn't think it was necessary. I didn't think it, I didn't think it was important. Now, I did think about it some, and I was looking at him wearing the blackface, and I was thinking, uh, unfortunately, if you want to just completely cancel it, which is fine, and I, I can dig, like I said, mm-hmm. this shows a complete disregard for the feelings of black people, and sure. that's fine. Cancel sure. it if you want to. I don't have a problem with that. But in this context... There's symbolism to it, mm-hmm. and there's symbolism to it because he's trying to uh, race and ethnicity, or not race so much, but ethnicity is right. a big part of what's going on with this character. Or where ide- he's identity, maybe an identity. Yeah. So covering himself in the in the uh, in the in the face of a different race mm-hmm. is kind of what he's doing by right. not being the cantor and moving on and doing American music. If you right. see, so there is some sure. there is some metaphor there that's kind of huh. if the thing wasn't so offensive inherently, right. It's kind of a neat metaphor in a, mm-hmm. in a weird sort of way. And there's also some of the idea that a Jewish person could become white, and the best way to become white would be to remind everybody that at least I'm not black. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Like, put on blackface, and you're like, look, it looks weird when I wear it, too, because yeah, yeah, I'm not really yeah, black. Right. I'm one of you, you know? Well, uh, there, there's, there's something to be said for that. I mean, he, so he changes his name to Jackie Robbins in the movie from Jackie oh, Robinson. Jackie Robinson. It was just Jackie Robinson. I know, but it just yeah. occurred to me. Yeah, Jackie it Robbins. sounds a lot like yeah, Jackie Robinson, exactly. doesn't it? But uh, so he, he he essentially denies his Judaism, Okay. becomes white, right? Basically, yeah. Um, so it's, it's – it's, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's like, I mean, there was a time not long before this film where someone would have said with a straight face that an Irish person was not white. Right. They used to refer – they would say there's some white people and there's some Irish but people. But I think you're – there are no whiter people on this earth than Irish people. I think you're on, think you're on to something that – I mean Jews were not treated well at all. No, you know, and, and, no, no, and, no. At that many time of the other, Many of the country. other Southern Europeans, Eastern Europeans, Jews, Irish, a lot of yeah. people who were European descent yeah. were not considered white. 
so by the, by the Anglo-Saxon. And chances are they were probably from like, well, they're probably from Russia or he or was from something like that. You uh, know? This guy was from Lithuania. Lithuania, Lithuania yeah. Lithuania, Al Jolson, one, one of the Baltics. Well, Al Jolson yeah. was not his real name either. No, no, it wasn't. It was, uh, it's a Jewish name. It's a mouthful, I can't, yeah. <laughs> I can't it's, not just, it's not just Jewish. It's Lithuanian. Yeah, it's Lithuanian. Lit, Litvish, yeah. I think you call their, their form so of it, Jewish. So it's, it's almost, you know, kind of a true life story for this guy too. But I don't know. There's a lot of stuff going on. You know that. what I actually thought was the best performance huh. musically in the whole thing? Hmm. Was Colney Dre. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when he's singing in the synagogue, I yeah, was yeah. like, wow, he's actually a really good singer. It sounds like crap when he's singing like dirty hands, dirty face. But when, <laughs> he's, actually, face. when he's singing in dirty Hebrew, or, I think it's Hebrew and Aramaic. But yeah. anyway, when he's singing that, that's pretty good. Like, he's a pretty, pretty accomplished <laughs> yeah, he singer, a well. really beautiful voice. He like, he's, doing. he's also dressed exactly like Belloc in that scene. Oh, he is. It looks uh, like he's about to open the Ark of the Covenant for them. Like, so was, was Al Jolson racist? Um, yeah, everybody would have been in that time. Okay. But um, it's just a question of to what extent. I don't think racism is binary. So I think, Jol- I think raci- racism is a spectrum. Jol- Jolson's different, though. And this is the weird part. Yeah, about I it. think he is. Okay. I, I don't think he so was a bad did, person. Did you? Did you? In read, a lot of ways. Did you? I did. You I did. did. I read some of his deep, history. Yeah. Deep dive. He he um he did some positive things did, to help. He did African a Americans. lot of positive yeah. things. No, it was to definitely African Americans, yes. and they they appreciated despite the blackface. They appreciated what he did. Right. To get their music accept it because here's a white guy. It's kind of like what Elvis did, you know, and, and you can, and you can say, you know, there were say, so many Jewish people prominent in the civil rights movement because they could see both sides right. of the equation in a lot of ways. Right. They were discriminated against, but they were accepted as white in the right places. And I think they could, they had a foot in both worlds. Right. If you see what I mean? I think they were often very instrumental. But he was a, he was a Jewish guy that, that just loved this kind of music. Right. Okay. Right. Music that was, that was yeah. primarily, uh, belong to the African American. Yeah, culture. When, when I casually answer yes, what, was he racist? I'm I'm just making a point that I don't think there was a white man living in 1927 yeah. that wasn't. I, yeah, I just think right. anybody. Like I said, I think it's a spectrum. It's a dial. You know, on, honestly, I think most people today are on that dial somewhere. I don't think people are completely not racist. Mm. Who have you ever met who's never had a stereotypical thought, or accidentally even had a prejudice or been ignorant about something? You're somewhere on that spectrum, mm. I think. But in terms of was he? Yeah, sure. But it's kind of like was Abraham Lincoln a racist? Right. Yes. Well, you know. So he's known for he's known for blackface and jazz singer. But there were so many anecdotes that from African American musicians mm-hmm. uh, at the time. Uh, there was a story from uh, Cab Calloway. Okay. Who was I a didn't band hear that leader, one. and uh, he was going to do a movie with Al Jolson in in L.A. at the time in Hollywood. Jolson. Uh, made sure that Cab Calloway got the same pay as he did, uh-huh. okay, which is unheard of. Right. And he said that uh, he made sure that Calloway was put up at the same hotel as Jolson, which is really unheard of. He said, here I am in a penthouse right next to Jolson. Yeah. And he made sure that— I yeah. think you could do it in L.A. Um, I think maybe, California— Maybe, but the, the, the point is nobody, nobody cared enough to, to go to bat for him. And he went to bat for these. This people. is an interesting question, though. I mean, Jim Crow in California. What was that like? I don't know. I mean, I'm they pretty sure it existed. They wouldn't let Sammy Davis Jr. stay at the hotel that he sang at in Vegas. And this is Vegas is a different story. Vegas is a different state, is what I mean. Vegas is it's five hours from LA. I know, but I'm, I figure Nevada and Arizona would have been strong. Jim uh, Crow. I think I don't California think, might have been different. I don't think it, it, it's it's a very complicated, complex history with him. Yes. Yes. Um, Tell me about tell me tell me your thoughts. Um, well, I think I've pretty much spoken them. I mean, I think that, um, like I said, I think you could cut it out of the film, mm-hmm. 
It's a historical record, though, so you kind of want to keep things the way they are. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it does have some symbolic value, but mostly my I think my final thoughts on it are going to come when I talk about whether I'm going to decide to toast. Um, I'll be talking about it then. How are we? So let's talk about our biggest surprise. Okay. So go ahead. What was yours? Well, my biggest surprise was just that that he um, his personal his personal track record. yeah his okay. personal track yeah. record was a, was a huge surprise to me because okay you know I didn't know what to expect, but I assumed here's a guy who sings because he's always sung in blackface. Right. So I thought. Well, obviously, that means he has no respect for, you know, <laughs> did you ever c- see, certain people. But did you ever watch Dave Chappelle show? Oh yeah, he had like a, a skit that was like making fun of shows on. Um, oh, what was the channel even? I'm not forgetting that. Was it UPN where a lot of the shows were African American oriented? I can't remember. But anyway, he's making fun of this network, and like at the end of it, this frog. The, 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 like, uh, oh, it's the WB. The WB frog pops uh-huh. up on his shoulder and goes, Mammy! <laughs> <laughs> Just like in the jazz singer. I was like, oh, oh no. I was like, I got, I got that joke kind of, but now I really yeah, now get the really joke get out of seeing yeah. this. Yeah. That was a big, apparently that was a big thing. The Mammy song was a huge thing. I don't know why either, but. That sucked. It, it was that terrible. Colney Dre was good. Uh, the Toot Toot Tootsie one mm-hmm. I thought was, was, it cooked. It was like yeah. a, like a 20 song that you'd like to listen to. But otherwise. It's, it. I guess you had to be there. Yeah. Or something. I, I don't well, know. No, because there are songs. There's Glenn Miller stuff. There's there, not Glenn Miller. There's Cole Porter stuff that you listen to, and you're like, boom, that slaps. That's a good song, you know, like to this day. But some of this was just whack. You know, <laughs> it's just, just not good. Like Just whack? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, my, just, your biggest surprise was his, his personal, yeah, his personal so, life. Yeah. My biggest surprise we already talked about, um, I had one in the bullpen just in case, but the the fact that it was a silent movie. Yeah. I thought it was just a straight-up talk movie, talk talking movie, yeah. movie all yeah. the way through. But my other biggest surprise was the Jewish nature of the film. Mm-hmm. That shocked me. I was like, I can't believe, like, how Jewish this movie is. And not like <laughs> right. in a—they're not de- denigrating in any way. It's like yeah. they, there's one thing where the guy says something about his God. Mm-hmm. There's something about his God. And I was like, now you understand— I was like, we're all on the same page that the God of Judaism is the same God of, that Christians, right? Mm-hmm. That Allah is just an Arabic word for that same God. And Yahweh mm-hmm. is the same. Like, we all understand. But it didn't sound like that. It sounded like they were like his God. Like he worships, you know, Baal or something. Yeah. Balaam. Yeah. yeah. Um, Baal. I think it's Baal. I was thinking of the guy, the, the horse guy from oh, the okay. Virginia. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. So that was my biggest surprise was just like. What a weird little yeah. excerpt of like Jewish ghetto life is in this movie, and you like learn something. I learned about Colin and Dre. I didn't know about that. Yeah, I, I grew up doing Jewish holidays in my house, but we never. It was never really religious, so we didn't do Yom Kippur. So I don't really know anything about it. We just do Hanukkah, Passover. That's it. It's just. I have a feeling you know stuff. a lot like, more about it than I do. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I do. We, yeah, we, but we that I didn't know that part of it. I thought yeah. that was interesting. Like I learned something about it. So now it's it's your down. closing thoughts on whether or not we should toast this. So, you know, I was I was really interested because of the legacy of it, right? Okay. First talkie, everything else. But then again, there's the blackface stigma to it, right? Which oh, yeah. is certainly real and, and, and deserved. I almost go down with the thing. The hair thing was worse than the blackface. I mean, that's <laughs> right. just, that's. Right. But, you know. And leaving, and leaving the, the bit around your yeah, mouth. Your mouth part, Maybe that's yeah. just practical, but something about it just looks even worse Terrible. than coloring your yeah. skin dark. Like, did I ever tell you there was a story a buddy of mine who's black, when we were kids, decided to go as Luke Skywalker. He's still black? I said is. I said okay, present sorry, tense. I have sorry. to say, though, I think your verb should agree in a sentence. But just <laughs> for your sake, I'm changing it up just so you okay. don't get confused about the, you know. 
confused. Just the, the nature of the, the, the ambivalent nature of this person's ethnicity. But anyways, yeah. black guy. Okay. And when he was a little kid, he went as Luke Skywalker for Halloween. Yeah. And he'd come to the door, and he'd be in his robe and his lightsaber, and people would say, it's Lando. <laughs> Lando. And he'd say, do you not see my lightsaber? Does Lando have a lightsaber? Like, what, you know? And it's like, because there were people who were just like, sure, sure. your skin is the wrong color. You can't be that character. <laughs> right. And I'm just like, that's really dumb. Yeah. But, like, that's how people would have thought. They would have been like, my, fr- my friend had a discussion with his son. Uh-huh. I had a very – we both had this thing because they were both really into baseball history, okay? And – this little boy wanted to go as Jackie Robinson for Halloween. Uh-huh. He had his Brooklyn Dodgers outfit with 42 and stuff like that mm-hmm. and his baseball stuff. And he's like, now all I ha-, and the little boy's like, now all I have to do is color my skin so I look like Jackie Robinson. And like, my friend was like, it's a very complicated discussion <laughs> to have with your kid because it's like right. he didn't mean anything by it. Sure. He just wanted to look like his hero. To, yeah. But, but he had to be like, that's just something that, you know, there's a bad history with that. We're not going to do that. It's fine. I don't want to make you feel bad for having suggested you didn't know any better and you didn't mean anything by right. it. But we're not doing that. You know, right, that's not. Right. I'm not walking down the street with a little <laughs> white boy in blackface. So, right. I mean, that's all related to the blackface discussion. I guess right. is where I got off with that. Well, piece. I was going to say that that. Uh, so you're talking uh, about the legacy. Of the le- legacy wise, you right. know, it, it you can't deny the history of it. You can't deny the momentous occasion that it brought. Um, the paradigm shift, as I mentioned earlier, Congress like '96 put this in in the. Uh, Library of Congress, right, right. you know, well, it's a piece of history you got to because as you know, yes, as yes, pure historical yes. thing. I think that's you know, I, I think it's I think it's legit there. I think uh, Al Jolson's you know history, personal history, because he did what he did, which is kind of an accepted thing. But I, I think he really did redeem himself. See how he died? Lot. Yeah, yeah. Do you know he was the first? He was the he was the first performer in World War Two. He was a first performer in Korea. In the and he, show up and, pretty and, much ran himself in the ground and killed himself. Yeah, in, in Korea, yeah, it's yeah, like so. sixty years old. And uh, but apparently he was a real jerk too. At the same time, did you read that? No, I didn't. I didn't yeah, he was. Uh, he was like super insecure. Okay. And and uh, would do things like he would uh, when he was in his dressing room waiting to go on, uh-huh. he would turn his faucet on, and turn it up, you know, as high as it would go to drown out the applause that other people might be getting. Oh yeah. So so it didn't mess yeah. with him. Well, so that makes sense. You so, don't want to feel like you're you're following somebody. And then he like, he yeah. would like stop in the that. middle of the show I and say, that. "Hey folks, do you want to hear uh, do you want to hear uh, see the rest of the show or do you just want to hear old Jolie sing?" Uh-huh. And they'd be like, "Yeah, sing for us." So then he just starts singing, right? <laughs> and everybody else, all the rest of the actors are like, "Wait, what the hell?" Like in the middle of a show. <laughs> yeah, in the middle oh, of yeah, the show yeah, cuz he was he that's was funny. like the headliner. He'd be just like, "Hey, you want to hear like me that. sing or do you want to see them?" So apparently he's a real jerk in in real life, but well, but just he, a prima donna. I mean, right. you know, that makes sense. But yeah, he was he was really an advocate for uh, the rights of African American entertainers. It sounded at the time, like it. It sounded know? like it. It sounded like. I think um, he's just was came up in a system that was messed up. I think you're right. Yeah. Shows. I don't I really think, think right. he had a lot of agency in choosing yeah. it. I think as the guy in the movie will do anything for his career. I think this guy would do anything right. for his career. What is he going to like? Just not have a career in order to protest it? Right. You know. I mean, I. He did the best that he could. Well, he did you know? more in the I, in, I didn't did, really mean to like. He did more from the inside than, than he could have done from the outside if he protested it and quit, right? So yeah, I think that's but, usually true. I think but that's um, true. But, yeah, um, but that that being said, um, the movie itself, like you said, I mean, it, it presents a really weird subject matter. You know, you've got you've got a, a very another very segregated group of people who there are, is one black person are, in the entire movie. 
a completely silent woman standing behind Miss Dale, handing her her clothes. <laughs> I saw that, but but the Jew, the, the that's Jew- why nobody cared that there was a guy in blackface on stage because nobody would have thought to ask her what she thought or right. how she felt about right. it. They did not care. They she didn't. was not a person in their minds that they would have. The Jewish so. again, the Jewish Jewish immigrants were kicked around like crazy around this time. And sure. Jews were really sure. spat on, looked down on. But this presents a Jewish family, yeah, with problems, not Jewish problems. Family problems. I know this sounds a bit like asking Mrs. Lincoln what she thought about the play otherwise, (laughs) but other than the blackface aspect, the movie's actually very progressive about ethnicity and about race. It really is. About race. Because a Jewish person being portrayed so favorably, Mm -hmm. and not just like incidentally Jewish, but like Jewish, like that there's there's Jewish stuff all through the film being presented favorably would have been a hard sell for a lot of people in 1920. And and despite what what some in the entertainment industry might, might think, the whole Jewish dynamic did have a lot to do with race, um, especially in Germany when there was a master race and then the Jews and the Jews all needed to be killed. So you don't know what I'm talking about. No, do I don't know what you're talking about. There's a Whoopi Goldberg uh, said that the uh, Holocaust had nothing to do with race. It was about, you know, because they're, they're both white. Jews are white and, and the Germans oh, were white. That's just, and, yeah. Yeah, it's ignorant, right? Just an ignorant, narrow right. definition but, of race. But the, I mean, but, race is a lie. In general, but right, it is. You know, but but it, do, at, it, it did have to do something with that. But at, at the time, though, the Jewish quote unquote race was denigrated to to a lower class of, of people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. At, at this time, I don't know. I have it championed in such a way yeah. as the first talking film. Very progressive yeah. de- depiction of Jewish Huge. people. I really think so. And took a risk yeah. in doing it, and it's not even really discussed. I didn't so, hear anybody talk about that, but. So, um, so I, w- I would say I would say because of that I can't say. Because so my answer about toasting gets down to my philosophy of what we say when we toast the classics. I would say based on everything that you're talking about, the legacy of the film, its cultural impact, and stuff like that, that this film's a classic. Yeah. Because of the blackface that's in it, because yeah. I would be so uncomfortable talking about this, talking about or watching this movie with just about anybody. I I'm not going to toast it. Yeah. And I I thought about this a lot because mm-hmm. I was like, obviously it's 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 causing a discussion. It's got deep themes. It's a well-done movie. It's an important movie in so many ways. And I was thinking there could be an opposite movie, like a mirror image of this movie that would be not a classic, but that I would toast because mm-hmm. I love this movie. And I was thinking something like The Goonies, right, would be a movie that, like, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I'll toast The Goonies. That is not a classic movie. <laughs> that is not an important <laughs> not movie. Not That's all. not... It's okay, but it's not that good. Truffle shuffled isn't that yeah, important. Yeah, it's just you know? it, it's it's just a flip flop. It's just I'm saying there's two separate parts of whether I, get I toast yeah, a I get classic. It. I, get I think it. this is a classic. I'm not going to raise my glass to it. Sure, I'm not no, going to raise my glass to something with blackface in it. I'm yeah. just not going to do no, it. I get but it. I get it. Even though I get it, it's part of it. Yeah, I think that the just casual racism of it is even worse than like almost worse than like the, the deliberate overt, overt racism yeah. would have been. Just yeah. the just the assumption that like. I'm just going to put on blackface. It's not an issue, right? Nobody, nobody here has a problem with this blackface, right? Well, no, that, no. Would okay, that be we'll the move defi- on. Would that be the definition of punching down? Because it's absolutely punching down. But it, it, is it is it the Jewish community punching down to to lift themselves up? Yeah, perhaps? I think so. I think hmm. well, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that that's what they're talking about here. Yeah. Him putting on blackface is having him become white. Yeah. Weirdly enough, right? And that's what I'm talking about. What a great weird symbolic act, right? How can you call something bad that has that intelligent of a symbol in it? But yeah. it's a, it's a shite symbol, so I'm not gonna not gonna toast right. it. But right. the idea of a Jewish person putting on a black face in order to make themselves white, that alone is a brilliant right. piece of literature. But I, it's yeah. hateful and awful. It's like I haven't seen Birth of a Nation. I gather Birth of a Nation 
is a brilliant piece of filmmaking, but it's about the KKK. Right, <laughs> so right. maybe one day we'll do sure. that if we're feeling incredibly brave. I've mm-hmm. always wanted to watch it, um, but uh, yeah, I really don't. I, don't, have I think any I'm, desire at all I think I'm probably going to do what I'm doing here, which is like this is a classic. Definitely not toasted. Yeah, you right, know? Like, right. I think that's probably what sure. I would land on. I think that that's something I might keep in, in my uh, back pocket for yeah. future things like this. All right. Well, I'm not toasting we it. Okay. Well, we, we are, are left untoasted. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh-huh. But you are allowed to continue having this like in the film canon. I think this is an important movie. It's an yeah, intelligent no, movie. Yeah, I, I think, I think so. And I, and I think, I think if, you, if, you're, if you're interested in history, I think this is a movie that you should, should watch for a lot of reasons. And history – for all the things that we said, I mean, you know, the first talkie film, but also, you know, it also talks about kind of an ugly part of our history. Yeah. You know, in America, I mean, which is important is, to acknowledge. It is. Talk and, about, and, yes. to, and to, but to, maybe not to toast, not to toast, but to know? understand yes. and, and uh, make sure that we don't do it again. Right. I, I mean, I would never are, dream are you, of it. Yeah. Are I mean, you I, listening? Uh, Prime Minister Trudeau? Yes. <laughs> He's not even that old. No, he I must know. have been like, he must have been like, Living in the eighties and doing that, like well, how be, tone deaf would to, you have to be? To be fair to him, he was doing it with Indians, not uh, with uh, what with Indians, like in India. Indians. Like he was meaning to look like an Indian, like brown face. I guess he would call it. Still, <laughs> good lord. Anyway, well, that was his excuse, not mine. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, thanks um, for joining us yet thanks again. Thanks for joining us. I just want one more time before we close out. Slava Ukraina, yes. Vladimir Putin, idi I don't know what that means. Uh, if you don't know what it means, then we can keep we can keep that non-explicit tag on our. Uh, All right. That's not Very a good. nice thing that I'm saying to Mr. Putin. Everybody, good night. Stay alive out there in Kiev. Kick some Russian butt. Uh, we will see you next week on Toasting the Classics. Peace. Peace out. That's it for episode 47 of Toasting the Classics. For those playing along at home, invest in some Patron tequila for our discussion of the boss's most commercially successful album, Born in the USA. If you'd like to get in touch, please send us an email at toastingtheclassics at gmail.com. Send us show ideas, comments, complaints, and let us know your feelings on the touchy subjects brought up by the jazz singer. Check out my blog at theattractivenuisance.com and follow us on Twitter at at reactivenuisance. Our music was written by Michelle MacArthur. See you next time on Toasting the Classics. Mm-hmm.